1: and Welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. I am your host Kevin DeBreeze, and as always with me is the genius himself Rob Langevin. How you doing man?
2: Hey that's me. I like when people call my name and get me some kind of acknowledgement. It's awesome. (laughs) Like I said it's it's like it's instead of me pat myself on the back you're doing it for me. Yeah we should have like a show or something. We yeah we should I should have like a podcast show where I give like stout fantasy advice, and I keep constantly hitting and hitting and hitting on people like Connor Wickham last week and Shakiri. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Dude, if we had a show like that, what we could do is hypothetically
1: have some kind of 65 million pound challenge with Anfield Index yeah, and totally- hypothetically in a realm where we would do something like that, win by 29 points, we're 164 not- to
2: 135, hypothetically. Yeah. Well, I mean, in hypothetical terms, we whooped that monkey ass. Um, but no, I. but honestly, it was a, it was a good match with the lads over at, a, at AI. Um, you know, I know we had a lot of uh, we had some luck on our side and some good transfer advice from from both of us. Um, mostly you. <laughs> mostly
1: <laughs> I mostly me.
2: You know, but, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not I'm not one to brag, but let's talk about me for another 20 minutes. I don't mean, um, man. No, but it was a good battle. I know. I know you said we, we won 164 to 135. Uh, you know, we we were we were even sweating the triple captain at the end because they because Creswell did Aaron get Chris triple, triple. <laughs> and we were sitting there watching the game. We're like, uh oh, we need something to happen. And yeah, uh, like uh, Rob,
1: known for hating on me for my Spurs love, was like, okay, but we kind of need Tottenham to score though. <laughs> yeah,
2: and well, you know, it, it it was a good match. I like. I think we. I think the reason we won is because uh, I don't know, stout intuition maybe. How about that? Well. Mary- American educational system?
1: <laughs> that is the first positive thing that's been said about our educational system in quite some time. Core, core curriculum? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, see, the thing is that we weren't left behind as childrens. Yeah, totally. Like, three listeners just got that joke. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, the key performers for us, obviously, Mikhail Antonio, who brings us home, let's see, what is that, 22, 26 points on his own over the four weeks Eric Peters kind of betrayed us the first two weeks, but gets us 10 in the last two. Arnautovic got us 15 last week. Christian Fuchs got us 9. Maras and Butlin both got us 6 this week. We end this week with 42. They had 38 this week. So they were closing, but not nearly enough to erase the deficit of uh, Match Week 1 and 3 from this. Yeah,
2: so yeah it'll, um, be inter- it'll be interesting to get them back on our uh, podcast. Yeah, CEO. they'll be back on, on our next show.
1: Which um, should be actually out next Thursday
2: up. morning. So uh, they can make up. They can make up a new challenge and extend it <laughs> to the end of the season with with forty one different rule changes. I really liked yours,
1: which was a sixty five million pound challenge. But all of them have to be awful. Yeah, and see who got the least points. But they all had to be fit, of course, yeah. and starting. Well, the, but
2: the, the worst amount of points. By yeah, me.
1: I don't know if we could actually make that work. But I love it in my mind.
2: So yeah. good we could see if we get
1: good. something going with that. Um, but yeah, so obviously that that led to great success on on our part. Very pleased with those. And uh, again, you you were the one that was uh, high on bringing in uh, Fuchs and Arnautovic, which basically won us round three with their twenty four points combined. Yeah. So, but yeah, the the whole thing went fairly well in terms of our actual teams. I have dropped three hundred thousand in rank. The wow. last two weeks. Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm now down in the seven hundreds. I think I got <laughs> thirty-three the last two weeks each. Mm-hmm. Uh, not good. Yeah, exactly thirty-three the last two weeks. Really not good. Been getting let down by a lot of people. <laughs> Cresswell really the only one helping out in any meaningful way. I think he has two consecutive clean sheets now. Yep. Yep. Uh, but man, things just really, really not going well. You know, I had that run where I was getting all my captains picks right, and uh, that's what was vaulting me up. And I've gotten them wrong three weeks in a row. Not even wrong. Just nobody on my team has really had huge days. Like it would have been nice to have Payet or Mares doubled. I went yeah. Barkley. I thought against Aston Villa was huge. We talked we were talking during that game, and it is frustrating how many goals Everton score without involving him. Um, but just. Things really not going well. Kane and Aguero, neither of them get on the score sheet. Silva, in a very good matchup, does nothing. Barkley, as yeah. well, nothing. Yeah. Alderweireld. Alderweireld is my drop of the week in my article that's coming out by the time you hear this.
2: I can see it. I mean, <clears> there's <just> no point. <laughs> there's no
1: point to owning there is, him anymore.
2: There's no roster differential there anymore. He's, He's owned, owned 43%
1: League. of leagues. And last clean sheet... What, is, what does he have, two
2: in his last five, I want to say? It's, yeah, it's somewhere in there, two and six maybe.
1: Yeah, but they were, they're were they on that tail end. Yeah, they were weeks yeah. four and five yeah. ago. He, yeah. One of the things I, I started touting when I started buying in on him was that not only does he often look for the diagonal ball to Della Ali, but he's also on the near post, on all set pieces. Mm-hmm. So he looked like he was a very good chance for both goals and assists. He hasn't had either since January 3rd, and his last goal was November 22nd. I, I, I honestly found myself being like, I know that Dyer only defends, but he's the most reliable player from now till the end of the season. Bimmer yes. has done fairly well in his stead, but he's never going to pick up any bonus points. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Vertonghen's fit, which is the first week of April, he's not going to matter anymore.
2: Yeah, so I, I agree. I mean the the, the roster differential, him, him being owned by forty three percent of teams. There's no. I mean, yes, you should own a Spurs defender. But I would probably recommend owning a lower table, like lower percentage guy, like a Vimmer. Why he's why they have the good matchups in the Aston Villas and the Bournemouth's coming after this after this week. So, I'm not, we're not saying altogether get rid of a Spurs defender, I would say just move laterally yeah. from yeah. the the price of six point four of a Toby Alderweireld to like a, a a Vimmer or you know if you could time it right and you use the right concept of wingbacks there but it's impossible to because they keep changing them ever, ever <laughs> so slightly so you're probably better off going from Aldo Verlo to Eric Dyer that's probably the best move yeah. that I could probably see
1: yeah that's what I was thinking as well and uh, you questioned my logic uh, before this last match saying that Rose would be better matched up against Antonio who by the way scored uh, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you'll note I did not disagree with you I just told you it wasn't going to happen
2: Yeah, it that,
1: that Pochettino is set on this 2-2 and 2 because the whole thing is based on confidence, and it's part of what I think is his strategy building up to next year's probably Champions League season, where we don't have a first team and a second team. I mean, we clearly do, but not at wingbacks, where we're like, doesn't matter, I trust all of you equally. But when there are certain matchup plays like that, where you have Antonio and Lancini, where having Walker and Rose in their pace would have been much more helpful. I know they scored on a set piece, and largely it was Nasser Chadley's fault, but that was always going to be a danger. But anyway, so my actual Premier League week was awful. My actual fantasy league week was awful. What happened for you?
2: Uh I ended up at like just above average at thirty-six. I didn't really do too well. Uh nobody was really outstanding for me. Um so I mean I if I ended up just above leave average, obviously nobody really did great, great for me. I got a I had Aguero, Vardy, and Kane up top. They got oh, you captained
1: Aguero, right?
2: Yeah, I captained Aguero and then across the middle I had Arnautovic, Payet, Otso Marez. Morris and Piatt actually got six because each got an assist. <clears throat> and then on defense and goalie, um, I'm trying to roll. I'm trying to roll the guys with the dice with a different goalie because he's not very owned very much. So I kept Adrian in and he got me eight points. So, yeah, that's a good. One. You know, you know everybody else is on uh, on Czech who, who's limping down the field. Uh, Butland and you know Forrester. So I oh, tried to change it up point. a little bit.
1: With check being out, your number one replacement for this week would be Forrester. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for it's for based on uh, Southampton's got a, as, a, as a nice matchup this week, so yeah,
1: fair enough. I have Forster and Courtois rotating, mm-hmm. and I've actually played Courtois the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And both weeks Forster conceded first, and I was like, "Ha nailed it!" And both weeks Courtois has let in a stupid late goal.
2: Yeah, well, it's just the way of the world. I mean, look, you know, it's, it was a low-scoring week last week because there was only one, two, three, Six four, years. five. Is there six matches that went to – no, five. Five-zero five really? matches, you know, South, uh, Bournemouth, Southampton, Stoke, Newcastle, West Ham, Spurs, Liverpool, Man City, um, Man U, and, West, and Watford. Yeah. <clears throat> and none of those really defenders were being – nobody owns a Liverpool defender. You know, West Ham, maybe somebody struck gold with Cresswell. Stoke was probably the only one that really maybe somebody hit double on with Butland and, you know, yeah, Peters was, or Volshide. Yeah. And nobody really besides Charlie Daniels, he's really not there's no real defender that has owned university. He, he's
1: he's launching up the, the ownership charts right now. Oh absolutely,
2: absolutely. I, I was
1: I was it was hard for me to decide between him and Cedric, who I said would have a huge week.
2: So now mm-hmm. listeners
1: of the show will know that I'm two for two on gut calls now. Yeah. And <laughs> I and
2: I I love Charlie Daniels. I mean a guy who takes their PKs from a defensive and he looks very fluid moving forward is a, is a great fantasy fantasy option.
1: Yeah. And now that they have I, Elphick back, they're likely to be even more stout defensively.
2: Yeah, and you know their next two fixtures are, are are okay in their favor considering they're not they're not a, you know a, a top club themselves Bournemouth but I'll get into that in a little bit when we talk about start sits because yeah. I, I do want to talk about some Bournemouth defenders
1: all right well usually I take the the lead on Price rises and falls, but I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna let you do
2: that first, and you can take all my picks, and then I can just try to fill at the end. All right. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm just gonna run it down because there's not that many that you know. It's a short list, and yeah. the guys that go up should go up. The guys that go down. I don't know, man. About this <laughs> this week,
1: I think there are a few that buck that
2: trend. Yeah, there's a there's a couple guys that went down, and I was like, wait, what? And then there's a couple guys that there was one guy in particular that went up, and I was like, well, two guys that went up, and I was like, wait, what? Okay, on the ups, Peter Check went up. Um, they didn't notice. I guess maybe they gave him a point. He went up in price before they saw him limping down the field. and He's going to miss the next game. Yeah, there's well, no doubt Transferring
1: he... him in during that. He's already been announced. Him and Kachalny are both missing.
2: Yeah, they're both gone. Um, you know, I would look elsewhere for a goalie because you know, with a goalie like Czech, it could it could linger for two to three weeks, and you don't want to be without your number one for for more than one more than one week. So you want to make for a like for like change there so i'd probably go to somebody who's not blanking a week 30 like a butland or a forester so it's not really that much of a lateral change from a check um charlie daniels went up vvd went up uh mesut also went up didn't really do much last game to to warrant it but you know he doesn't blank so a lot of people are, are buying more security into the midfield and then in the forward ranks lukaka went up and he scored he scored so you can see why and then jamie vardy went up Jamie Vardy went up, and I have no idea. I saw it, and I'm like, why does he go up? It, but you know what? A lot of it's based on ownership, so people are buying into it because he doesn't blank in week 30, so they're probably making a lateral move from their other forward. I have like,
1: bailed on my three-week plan to bring in Jamie Vardy. No, I, I, I don't know why I would waste so many moves to get in a player that's so hot and cold.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's not god-awful that he's so hot and cold, but he's just, right now, he's. you're looking at him like, when he doesn't score you're like questioning why am I owning this guy? Every time he doesn't score because you're looking at him and you're like wow everybody owns this guy so he's got to produce every single week and he just isn't. Like last week he just didn't do anything for you and you're like why did I bring this guy in or why do I roster this guy? Mm. And you know it's going to be more of a, a telling tale next week when people are looking at their rosters especially for week 30 when there's eight teams off and you know they have to rely on basically everybody just to figure out a team that they can you know have a whole team on the pitch. Um, yeah. So that that was the entirety of the, the prices up list. You know, I, the check one is a, is a question mark for me. I guess people were bringing him beforehand because they were looking ahead on the schedule. But
1: why would you bring him in for the Tottenham match in the first place? That's such a weird move.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it either. I'm not saying that you know not everybody in this world was meant to be emancipation. but not everybody is 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 dumb enough that they get their own special ride to school. So I I don't know, you know, but. You know his schedule is they have West Brom in week thirty, Everton after that, Watford, West Ham, Crystal Palace, Sunderland, Norwich, Man City, Aston Wait, Villa. Do they have any so, blanks? No, Arsenal doesn't blank. Oh. <clears throat> um, so the end of the season is when you're going to want to bring in Peter Check. So when oh, you're yeah, figuring out sure. when you want to when you want to bring in your wild card, Peter Check's the guy you want in there because in three yeah, four that, weeks that he's that finally fit and healthy. Five. Yeah, he's Palace got Sunderland, Sunderland Fela-
1: Norwich, yeah. and Villa City. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, that's when you're going to be buying into Arsenal and you're going to be buying three of another team, three of another, three of another, when the double-ups come out, Liverpool, Everton. You're going to have three three Everton, three Liverpool, Peter Cech, and Goal. I mean, that's pretty much what everybody's going to do. You just have to be able to pick the right who guy. Who would be who your Everton player? <clears throat> um, I'd probably go Robles. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'd, either go Ro- I'd probably go either Robles, Barkley-Lukaku, or Robles, Funes Mori. And then Lukaku, you 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 know what? I'll give you ups on that. You were
1: kind of up on Mori earlier in the year, and they mm-hmm. got burned because he did absolutely fuck all for ages.
2: Well, it, Everton just didn't gel as a defensive team at all. You well, know, I mean, they
1: still have it, but he scores goals.
2: Yeah, th- yeah, absolutely. He gets forward and he's a presence on set pieces in the box. So that's that's why I love center backs like Scott Dan. And-
1: yeah. By the way, if uh, we had a bet on Scott Dan versus Jamie Vardy. You won that probably
2: a month ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so that that handles the prices up. I mean, there's no on the prices down. I mean, who are you, you're gonna look at? Della Ali only because he didn't play a full full match and his ownership dropped because people thought he wasn't gonna play. So I think he got and a, the he a major drop. Arsenal
1: wasn't good either.
2: Yeah, absolutely not. Um, Andre Ayu. You know the shit. The, the gleam is off the cube there. I don't want quote, to quote, quote a Christian Slater movie, but <laughs> it's but definitely <laughs> way off. It's definitely way off the, the Swansea midi. Uh, Harry Kane went down. You know, people are starting to get a little nervous. Uh, I I see that the movement in the, and the transfer trend is from Harry Kane to Diego Costa. You know, price wise they're about the same, and a lot of people have a little bit of money in their in their kitty. So laterally it makes good sense and. You know, for, for maybe one or two weeks, if they brought him in last week, and that's probably why his, his price went down, mm-hmm. because <clears throat> they're looking at his upcoming schedule with the West Ham matchup and the, the Arsenal matchup coming up, they probably shifted to Acosta, who's kind of more in a little bit more of a form than Kane right now. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to shift also, that.
1: also, <laughs> Acosta is better in big matches.
2: Oh, absolutely. Like,
1: because Acosta does not have, like, we're not going to mince words here. Acosta has a really tough schedule coming up, mm-hmm. but he does well in matches like this.
2: Oh, absolutely! He shines when the lights are on. If that, if that, to coin a phrase, no. But the only thing with see I'm, to me, it would have been the perfect mood if you had Harry Kane and you brought you brought in Diego Costa two weeks ago. He gets he got uh, he gets Norwich and Stoke, and then he blanks in week thirty. So in week thirty, you go back to Harry Kane, who has Bournemouth and, and or has Aston Villa and Bournemouth yep. for the next two weeks, yep. and then after that, you start trying to figure out prepping yourself for the wild card. Then we get back into the whole. You know, uh, three Liverpool, three Everton, and, and figuring out what's what. Uh, who uh, who else went down? Troy Deeney went down as well. Uh, Watford is not doing anything offensively right now. And also,
1: people bought in because that one-two goal game.
2: Yeah, but oh,
1: is their main striker.
2: Yeah, he absolutely is. Agallo is the guy who who runs the tip for them. Deeney is the guy who wins the ball in the air, dishes off to to a midfielder, you know, Ben Watson or somebody the like, and they feed they feed the go ball for for. Ogalo. no he problem. Has is so what?
1: many chances. Yeah, it's, like the last two weeks, he must have like ten chances that he goes for. Yeah, score.
2: He, I feel he's. It's not like he's getting. He's not like he's. You know, and well, we always coin a phrase for baseball here. He, he's hitting the ball hard. He's just not getting base hits. You know, yeah, that's it's just that's not exact, dropping. Yeah, you know, it's exactly what's going on. Agalu was. De- he's not. He hasn't lost anything. He's his Babip is awful right now. Yeah, his his <laughs> fip, his his ISO his, is, his, his ISO is way off. <laughs> But yeah so i mean i lo- i love Agallo. i've loved him since day one, so I, I he's not he's not hurt he's not they haven't changed the for waffle doesn't changed their you know their shape uh i think it's just that teams are are adjusting to them a little bit, and he's being a little bit unlucky that's that's the best way i can i can see putting it at what's going on with Odion Agallo. what do you, you see any you see any trends in the prices up and prices down Kev? uh yeah i i did four
1: from each um what's all going up? It's it's just strange when it I both of us tend to look pretty long term with each of our moves, but it just seems like most of the ups and downs don't make sense for this week. Like you have Utzel going up before he faces Tottenham. You have Lukaku going up before he has a blank. You have Vardy going up while he hasn't been performing particularly well. You have Van Dyke going up when they've just blown two clean sheets. It... I'm not saying any of these players aren't good and don't deserve to be more expensive. It just seems like they're happening at weird times. Like, Della Ali and Harry Kane dropping. Okay, it makes sense because Arsenal are coming up. But then you mentioned, then you have like likes of Villa and Bournemouth, I believe. Yeah, Villa yeah. and Bournemouth. Yeah, so it's strange that you're bailing now. AU, Swansea are finally starting to put the pieces together. If you're going AU to Sigurdsson, I'm all on board. I oh, love absolutely. what Sigurdsson has been doing. But bailing on Swansea now as a whole seems like a strange time to do it. The only one that I was like really like yeah okay is Worthwick Jackson going down? He's been injured. He missed his window, and now they have a bunch of crap fixtures, and they have and, two blanks coming up,
2: and Luke Shaw's coming back as well. So. Oh snap! Really? Yeah. Like when and, is that? Like uh, I think he's coming a- April first like I just saw it today. He's starting to get picked up in other leagues. Yeah, I didn't think about so, that. So he's starting to get wow. looked at again. So he's getting some good pub, and he's coming back. And and you know I I. With United's defense, I don't – there's nobody there I really want to own. I mean, I know, I the, the price of – Smalling
1: is the th- third highest-owned yeah. defender, and I just don't understand. There's
2: that. there's nothing there for me, like, differential-wise. That's why, you know, CBJ was getting all love because he was cheap and he had that, that, that form of games three or four times where he was actually playing and played well and then and he assists. played two
1: of them and then was hurt for the other two.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll get into CBJ in a little bit because that's coming up with my own team.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'll obviously be talking about mine as well. Um, yeah, so th- th- those were, that was my take on the rise and falls. Just It, was, it seemed weird this mm-hmm. week, but to be fair, it was a weird week of matches. Yeah, totally. Like, having City and Tottenham and Arsenal all lose. Like, Leicester drew with West Brom, and everybody was accusing them for 24 hours about how crap they were. Mm-hmm. And then by the time that cycle was over, Leicester were like, oh, wow, they got a point when everybody else lost. Exactly. Like, you just have to wait on crap like that. But, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like... I just talked about this on, on the EPL roundtable, but there are lots of Spurs fans that are taking yesterday a lot harder than me, because in their minds they think West Ham are the shittiest team of all time, wow. so them winning means that Tottenham are awful. This is a very good West Ham team. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just kind of missing the boat on that. What You were one of the first guys in on Lanzini. What are your thoughts on him with Antonio performing, Payette getting an assist again? Where, where I, I do you know. land on him?
2: I don't know how they're all going to fit. I, I don't you, know how okay. all the pieces it fit.
1: Can you own two West Ham midfielders?
2: Sure, Antonio and Payet. Sure. Yeah, with a blank coming up still. <clears throat> no, I mean not after the blank. Absolutely. Okay. No, you can't. You can't own any. You can't own two of anybody from any team in week thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talked about Erickson
1: and Ali. I don't like that. I think you got to pick one.
2: And I, I'd rather have Ali just because the price diff- the price is different. I don't care what ownership it is. The price of Ali allows you to get in anybody else you want through the yeah. midfield.
1: Oh, uh, well, never mind. I'll talk talk about that later when we get to our teams. Um, all right, and break.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands.
1: Hey, we did it, and, and we're back. Welcome um, Buy whatever they just said. You didn't even know we were gone. Uh, all right, so heading into starts and sits. Uh, you know me. I, lo- I love an obvious choice when I do my starts and sits. And you already mentioned it, and it's Diego Costa, who I think has been doing incredibly well. Three goals, two assists in his last five matches. The schedule looks tough. We already mentioned very good uh, in big games, though. He's already scored against United and Arsenal, which were both obviously uh big matches in theory regardless <laughs> whether or not the united one in particular was uh, also manchester united have been like the negative narrative all season and they're level on points for fourth it's it's really incredible that, that that's gone on yeah, for as long it's cra-
2: it's crazy how many how much of a lesser talent they've been playing and how many injuries they've been hit with that they're actually still keeping pace you know
1: yeah, it really is. And, you know, some people have talked about how City have been disappointing, but not nearly enough, considering they're on points at the United, who everyone's been slating all year and saying Louis Van deserves to lose his job. You mentioned last week triple captaining Aguero. After a couple weeks of mediocrity, are you still on board, or are you just normal captaining him and waiting till this all irons out?
2: Um, I'm probably not going to, only because, like like you just said, I'm, I'm leery of what's going on there. They have... Name me one Man City player through the midfield that you would actually roster.
1: Is it Silva? Because I have Silva, and I'm not pleased.
2: No, there's nobody that there. you want Sterling. No, you want Yaya Toure. No, you want David Silva. No, you want Navas. No, I mean none of them look like they're any shape of form to what be about any the kind Fernand. of. A f- oh, no. and oh, and Io. Oh, and Ino. No, I don't want either. I don't want anybody. I don't even Man. want. Anybody I don't want a defender.
1: Un- Joe Hart showed once again that he's capable of
2: just having a horrible day. Well, that that's not true. I I I like what Vincent Company does to their defense. I know they just got beat three 0 I know they just got beat three 0 But when you look at, and it gonna, looked
1: like they had been partying <laughs> all week.
2: I'm going to break away from this because I actually did some research because I was doing my rankings today at Rasball.com. And I thought it was, was soccer.rasball.com. At, well, same difference. <laughs> a soccer ball. But I was looking at Vincent Company and. There's a there's this little thing on fantasy football fix. I'll give them a pre prop because they're a good site. They give you lots of details, lots of information for rostering and stuff like that. But if you look at Vincent Company, he's when you look at the official site and you look at his ownership, it says 12 percent, right? It's like 12.4 or whatever his percentage is. Yeah. You actually take out the dead teams, his percentage goes all the way down to two percent. So basically, every dead team that is dead in this game in this format owns Vincent Company because he was owned at the beginning of the year. So, <laughs> so universally take him out. And everybody just owns him. So there's a ten percent differential. So actually you look at it and he's like, all right, well, there's no there's no differential there for Vincent Company because he's owned twelve point four percent. But guess what? He's actually owned only in two percent. And in the, one, teams, yeah. Yeah, in the top two, one in the top one thousand teams he's owned in less than one percent. So that gives you some differential on Vincent Company. That's all I just wanted to throw that out there for a man that's defender. No, do I trust him? No. Would I bring him in because they because they have a couple good matchup, matchups in, coming up? Sure. Interesting. Then, would you go Toby the company? No. Because okay. I'd I, I go, like I said before, if I had Toby, I would go to another Spurs defender, but I would go for a, a lower-owned lower and cheaper option. There,
1: Fair enough. They are teammates, just, you know, for Belgium.
2: <laughs> Wrong format. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> midfield, go.
1: Right, okay. Uh, yeah, in the midfield... There are a bunch of people that I don't like uh, this week in particular. I, I've seen that Hazard is starting to creep up. Just why? As a Chelsea fan, can you tell people? Wait, are not? you doing starts? Are you doing starts or sits? Oh, you right. Starts. Oh, should I do starts? All right, well, we'll keep doing starts. So, um, you know how uh, I love Gilfie Sigurdsson? Like a whole mm-hmm. bunch? Mm-hmm. He's obviously my buy of the week. I've brought him into my side. We'll talk more about that later. Two goals and an assist in his last five, Um, and his tough matches are behind him. Like, that's when his points came from, were in tough (coughs) matchups. And now it gets a whole lot easier. Norwich, Bournemouth, and Villa are his next three, which, uh, let's see where they are in total. Norwich, Villa, Bournemouth, Uh, in the last five, all of them are bottom ten. Norwich and Villa, uh, 19th and 20th. So, these are obviously great matches for them. I love what Swansea are doing. The fact they overturned Arsenal was so weird. Because, I don't know if people know this. I don't know how often people really follow what's going on at Swansea. But this was not Swansea's best 11. <laughs> By any stretch. Pulaski on the bench. Sigurdsson on the bench. I think Kisu Young was on the bench. Or came off early. Regardless, they they were preparing for their next match. They have a whole bunch of rested players coming into this Norwich match. Sigurdsson came off the bench, still gets the game-winning assist.
2: Yeah, he came in at halftime. Yeah,
1: I love, love, love Gilfie Sigurdsson. Not just this week, but for the next five. His hardest match in the next five, Chelsea. I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not saying matches against Chelsea are easy, (laughs) but if that's your hardest match, hmm. And it's Uh, it's it's not a
2: way. It's in Wales, so they're...
1: yeah. And Swansea have a weird knack for overturning big teams. Mm-hmm. Just ever since they've come up. I think their first year, they either drew Chelsea and beat Arsenal or vice versa. But yeah, their first season up, they were doing it. And they've done it ever since. I love Sigurdsson. At this point in the season, he's really already fine-tuned all those set pieces that he was a little wayward on early mm-hmm. in the season. And, and his set pieces are so good. Like I know mm-hmm. we talk about Fuchs a lot, but that's a lot because a lot of people didn't know. Mm-hmm. Sigurdsson is now back to form, and if Sigurdsson is in form, he's a top 10 midfielder easy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in defense, it's kind of tough because you're wasting two off top. You have Spurs versus Arsenal. And so everybody goes down. You don't like the attackers because they're facing good defenses. You don't like the defenses because they're facing good attackers. <laughs> Just try to avoid this match. Like the other week when everybody sat Elderverald, could you see that happening again this week?
2: Uh, if, if they have if they have better playable matchups, I can see it. I can see Toby being everybody's first sub. Yeah, I,
1: I've I've honestly been looking at it. And I'm, it's hard for me to do. It's really hard. But I don't three Tottenham players believe in us fantasy-wise this week. Because I have Kane, Ali, and Alderweireld. Hmm. That's tough. You can't sit Kane, obviously.
2: No.
1: You can't sit Ali because he's back and fit. Well, so at least... I don't know, man. My my yeah. defenders aren't particularly great. I have Peters against Chelsea on my bench right now, which would be the sub. Who's yeah. against Watford? I'm fine with Cedric against Sunderland. I'm fine, but mm, man, I really, I really, really don't love Spurs defenders as a whole this week. Um, other defenses, I d- uh, oh right, I keep randomly skipping to sits for some reason. Uh, for starts. I love everybody in the United-West Brom game. We just talked about how you don't love United defenders. Don't buy a United defender, for the love of God. Don't. Mm -mm. Nope.
2: Rent rent them. Rent them if you want to. Yeah, if you have them,
1: that's fine. (laughs) Also, uh, I like Leicester's defense against Watford. Mm -hmm. Uh, Watford have just been... They've been so hard done by, which is why I hesitate a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because Watford easily could have scored, like, four goals over the last two games.
2: Like, easily. And all of them would have been a Gallo. It's amazing how well their defense is playing that they're staying mid table. <laughs> you know, oh, Leicester or Watford? oh, Watford. Watford. Yeah. They've done so well, and they're not scoring, but their defense is keeping them enough in games to to make them you know still be sitting mid table.
1: I so have not been this impressed by a recently promoted side <laughs> in a while. Mm-hmm. Like I really liked how Swansea played when they came up. They played on the counter, but Watford they just don't let you in. It's, mm-hmm. it's really impressive what they've done. Shielding the back four with Kapoo. Mm-hmm. It, oh my gosh! And the bringing right. in Mario Suarez to solidify mm-hmm. it even more.
2: I think they're like one. They're one good piece away from from being a top eighteen. Hmm. Interesting. What piece? Oh, like an actual attacking midfielder, probably. Like a play. Like a playmaking midfielder.
1: Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good. If you put Piatt in that team, they're top eight. Easy. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: If
1: right. put Pyatt on any team. That's real. Um, uh, excellent advice. Also, Southampton versus Sunderland. You have to like. Also, yeah. sneaky play. We mentioned them a little bit earlier. The Bournemouth guys against Newcastle. Yep. Newcastle, don't, Newcastle don't know who their forwards are. They're constantly rotating them. None of them are given long enough runs to find form. Maybe Cissé starts this one, but he's coming off injury, so he's not going to hit the ground running. If Newcastle would were smart, they'd start Dumbia and Perez. Because they both looked so good when they came on against Stoke. But if they don't, I have no hope for them. So Bournemouth is my sneaky play of the week.
2: Yeah, that We'll start on my starts. We'll start right where Kevin left off, and my my start on defense is uh, is Adam Smith from Bournemouth. Uh, nice. If you look at the owner, <laughs> yeah. If you look up the the ownerships, you know everybody's on the the Charlie Daniels Devil Went Down to Georgia bandwagon. His ownership's way up there now. There's no there's no differential there at all. Uh, even Steve Cook is getting a lot of lot of love because he just came off a game a week with 15 points. So. He is not really a, a differential anymore, so you're basically down to the third guy, and he's a he's a guy that I tend to, to peep up a lot, and he plays the, the middle, so can't go wrong with that. So Adam Smith, four dot four dot one percent owned, and his price tag matches it. He's four dot one, so you're saving a couple bucks, couple shekels, if you want to transfer down, or if it's a lateral change for like me when we get to my my team news, team moves, it'll be exactly lateral. Um... So the midfield, you, you basically mentioned my guy. It's Gilfie Sigurdsson. I've been trying to prep him up for like weeks, but the matchups just weren't there. He had matches versus Spurs, matches versus Arsenal. So the matchups weren't there. Now they're there. Look at his next five out of six matches. They're awesome. He's the guy you want to go to. He's taking their set pieces. Swandy doesn't score a ton, but when they do, he's involved. It's just what happens. I mean, his next three, Norwich, Bournemouth, Aston Villa. You know, his price tag is 7.1. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of players in the midfield that are blanking next week. You know, Payet and the like. You know, there's a Antonio lot of guys. Payet, Barkley, Firmino, Willian. They're all and blanking. Next Coutinho, week. You know? who
1: some people started buying into early on.
2: Yeah. To me, if I was a Willian or a Barkley owner, the natural transition to me would be Gilfie Sigurdsson. The price is about the same. The the output per fantasy perspective is about the same, but he's playing better opponents than he probably could get from playing those other two. Yeah,
1: and you said uh, we'll the, talk about it later. I, I did uh, Barkley to Sigurdsson.
2: Yeah, if I had another move, I'd probably, <clears throat> I may do that next week. But we'll do that. I may do the move next week. Uh, through the forward, you mentioned him It's Diego Costa. Diego Costa is going to score this week. It's you could put it in sand, put it in Sanskrit. I don't care. Um, I've had a pretty good run of predicting who's going to score. Um, I had a second guy down and it's going to be Mitrovic too but I I kind of like uh the Bournemouth defenders too much to actually give Newcastle a a peep on the forward side. I'd rather have a Bournemouth defender than a Newcastle forward. Um so yeah, Diego Costa, he's going to score in this game. Stoke I don't think they keep it clean at you know, at Stamford Bridge. Um yeah, I mean Diego Costa is, is is a natural lateral move for anybody who's rostering Kane or needs to make a move. But the only bad thing is that Costa blanks next week. So you're yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Make, like, <laughs> if you've
1: already made the move, good for you. I don't know if I'd say yeah. to do it this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're planning to bring in Costa and your and your plan is to use your wild card in week 30, by all means, get get Firmino in your lineup, get Costa, get get as many guys as you can, then have a buy next week. So because you're going to end up taking them out anyway. So, but I don't recommend giving doing it using your wild card next week because it's just way too early. You're gonna you're gonna have to be screwed for the double weeks. Um, onto my sits Um, it's laced with Arsenal and Spurs guys because I don't like anybody in the defense from their game like you said before this game brings down everybody the forwards the midfielders and my defense and my forwards are all the same I'm sitting everybody every Arsenal forward and every Arsenal and Spurs defender this week you know if you're forced to use Toby or you know if you still own Giroud and you're rolling a dice on a well back um, I'd probably I know, last look last time left. Giroud scored <laughs> he he. Almost broke the crossbar last week, uh, last game <laughs> from like four you yards out. You hit it so hard. Yeah. Um. But there's there's nothing there. I mean, you should. You, the ship has sailed on the Arsenal forwards getting you you it, last kind goal, of January thirteenth. Yeah, it's it's a month and a half ago. I mean, that's awful. Right. Um. And my midfield guy is. I'm gonna stick with the Newcastle Bournemouth game. I've preached to the umpteen hills that it's about home and away splits for Jorginho and Alden. And he's but home. Guess- but guess what? He's home, and I'm telling you to sit him. Home and away splits no longer matter for this guy. He should not be owned in over 10% of leagues. I, I don't know one of those is man, this dead. Is do, call, I, this is a dangerous call, man. dangerous. This isn't a game where he scores two. I, I don't see him snapping out of this. He's a two two points or three points and out midfielder for the rest of the year. I don't see him contributing. He might luck into a goal here and a goal an assist there, but yeah, I don't see him yeah, doing anything. I agree a goal and
1: assist is the high point, but I also wouldn't. I, I would not be confident saying he doesn't put up a crooked number this week.
2: I don't think he does. I right. think I'd i rather own a Bournemouth defender than a Newcastle forward or forward player. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Um, for my sits, uh, Alexis Sanchez is my forward slash midfielder, depending on what format you play in. He, I know he finally got an assist, but he plays four top ten defenses in his next five. Which you don't love at all. You don't... Uh, see, I'm so torn. Because as a Tottenham fan, I know that this is the week he turns it around. Um, but I... Oh, man. I He's so high profile. And he's he's still owned in a lot of leagues. And he's just done nothing since he came back. I, I'd, I'd be very disappointed. Also, did you see his comments today? About how Arsenal are lacking hunger for the title fight? Do you think maybe he looked in the mirror before he said that? He,
2: he might have. I don't know. He That's probably
1: bad... he probably should have because yeah. of all the disappointing Arsenal players. If you're talking talent level to like, on-field performance, the biggest gap is him. I, yeah. I thought that was a lot of audacity to come out and be like, we're not good enough. And be like, you're not playing well enough. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got angry for Arsenal fans. Do you know how dumb you have to be for me to defend them? Goodness. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. They have to be I,
2: pretty, pretty dumb. I
1: know. I was like, this is this is pretty messed up, man. Um, midfielders. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. I need your help. Okay. You, you know I have a blind spot with David Silva. It's bad. I love him. I want him in my
2: heart forever. What do you do with David Silva this week? There's only – listen – if he doesn't do it against Aston Villa, if, they, if nobody on Man, Man City does it for against Aston Villa, the, the, all their you know fantasy cards should be revoked. Uh, just, S- Silva in the game that, that I just watched is he he's not playing anywhere close to what you need him to be for his price tag to be on your team. Um this is the week. If if he doesn't get it, if he doesn't do anything this week, he he should not be on your roster as it is anyway. But I'm telling you, but if, if he doesn't do it against Aston Villa, if he doesn't at least get you an assist this week, then there's something wrong and you need to just look elsewhere because there's there's other money that you could be allocating and roster differentials that you could play that you could just use that money better.
1: Yeah, I you know, I'm I'm just an awful awful sucker for him. Um, but yeah, facing two of the three worst defenses in the leagues in the next two weeks. Villa and Norwich. Yeah. I'm I'm I'll probably keep them through Norwich regardless mm-hmm. because the match week 30 against Norwich in a week where you know, you could argue that's one of the best matchups you'll have. Oh, interesting. So if Aguero scores this weekend, would you consider
2: triple captaining Aguero against Norwich? I might. Cuz we know they struggle against pacey strikers. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Triple capling in a a week where there's a lot of differential plays? Absolutely, because not many people are going to have a full
1: team. Yeah, we talked before we started recording about what I'm thinking about doing. Uh, We'll address it more when I talk about the the moves I made. But I'm now one transfer away from having a full 15. What do you think about using your bench boost or other chips in a week where some people won't field
2: full teams? Well, it's a good good move because not everybody is going to be able to have a full team unless they use a wild card. So, the odds that somebody's not going to use their wild card or the teams have already used their wild card and they don't have it at their disposal are probably one in four teams, I would say, are mm-hmm. probably have already used their wild card already. So, probably you add another 25%, they're going to use their wild card again or are going to use it for week 30 to get themselves a full team and set themselves up for week 34, week 37. So, you're probably one in two that you're going to be playing against. So that's pretty good odds. You know, one out of every two teams will probably not have a full squad. Um But the thing I'm, you're
1: risking is if you had fifteen players to play in a double game week. Yeah. That's that's the only that's my only hesitancy. I know it would be huge this
2: week and I'd vault up the table.
1: But my no concern
2: gu- is that I'd drop back. But you know what? There's no guarantee that everybody's gonna play in a double game week if the game's are three, three days apart. That's true.
1: Yeah, you might have a lot of guys like if you I don't know why you would, but if you had a Yaya Toure, he's not
2: playing two consecutive yeah, games. Ab- absolutely. Sure. You know, like So yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, I'm, it went back to the, the theory of why we, when I was talking last week about triple captaining Aguero, and then you have the two remaining chips left over. You know, you have three chips. There's going to be two double game weeks. So you're going to have to use the triple chips somewhere. Yeah. Good point. So, um, But, yeah, I, I'm – you know, if you could feel the team and you feel confident on the matchups that you have set up, where you have all 15 guys and you're looking at it and you're like, okay, my bench – if the guys on your bench can get you 15 points – between the four of them, the goalie and the three players, then I would say go for it.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm literally a Borthwick Jackson away from being able to field a full fifteen.
2: Yeah. And I'm I'm three I'm three away from Oh, that's a lie. I still have Courtois. Mm. Liar. Your name is Liar. Interesting. Anyway, we'll we'll
1: talk more about that as as the time draws near. <laughs> uh but things that you should be keeping an eye on is is when you should be deploying your crisps. Yeah. Um uh, where was I? Oh, defenses that I don't like. Right. I talked about Spurs and Chelsea already. Uh also Stoke and Chelsea, same situation. Mm-hmm. Although it does it does tend to lean towards the defenses more, but like I said, I think Costa scores this week. Stokes Stoke have been good on the season defensively, but not recently. Um your West Ham guys against Everton, don't love them. Mm-hmm. Newcastle. I know a lot of people are big on Newcastle this week, but this Bournemouth side has been surprisingly good the past few weeks. I think this Newcastle side is awful. It'll definitely concede a goal. The fact that they're playing Ryan Taylor at center back or Steven Taylor, whichever yeah. Taylor they have that's left. I think Ryan Taylor used to be the wing back that had the awesome free kicks.
2: Taylor Hamler
1: is who they still have.
2: I think his name is Taylor Ham.
1: <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, I don't like what's going on there at all. Uh, also, Watford. Watford have a very good defense, but I think Leicester get on the score sheet this week. And, you know, we've seen so many clean sheets fall the last few weeks. I know the, the first day of these matches on Tuesday, Bournemouth were the only team that kept a clean sheet. Mm-hmm. It's 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 getting worse and worse because defenders are getting more tired throughout the season. Mm-hmm. So it is going to favor attacking players from now to the end of the season. So just kind of keep an eye out on that.
2: Yeah. Well I had I have two extra questions for you, Kev. Questions so we, go for it. Questions. Alright, so it's just spitfire lightning round stuff. Better okay. time better time to use your wild card, week thirty three or week thirty six.
1: Hmm. Depends on where you are. If you're in a leading position and you're confident, wait till thirty six so you better know your situation. If you need to bolt yourself up the table, do it thirty three, hope some teams fall back and then kind of assess from there. Okay.
2: And what do you do with your star players for week 30? Because a lot of, play, a lot of teams, and I actually looked you this up. You can
1: only keep two.
2: Yeah, I, that's, a, that's, my, that's my theory as well. But I actually looked this up. There are 23 players that are owned in over 10% of leagues that have a, buy, have a blank next week. Good stat. So what do you do with players like Payet, Barkley, Firmino, Coutinho, Willian? If you own more than two of those, what do you do? Yeah you gotta get
1: rid of him. I kept Pyatt. He's gonna be on my bench.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think you have to keep Pyatt. I think you sell Barkley. Because even the matches when he comes back are awful. Yeah. So Barkley. I th- I think you have to look forward from there. Not not just at the blank. If it's a blank and then they have good matchups, it's fine to keep them. But if mm-hmm. you have somebody like Barkley where he comes back and I, I wanna say it's against Four of the five best defenses. Sorry, if I sound super far away, it's because I'm looking at my notes. Um, oh, yeah, it's five of the top ten, and they're missing game week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you don't you don't want to test it on Barkley. i just say look at their schedules. I think Pyatt is a must-keep regardless. Willian is hot and cold enough. You could be fine dropping him, seeing if he performs afterwards, and then buying him back in. But, yeah, I, I think Pyatt is the only one that you have to keep, but you don't want more than two.
2: OK. All right. So uh, we'll get we'll get into our moves of the week. Moves of the week. <laughs> this is where we put a drop if we had one. Yeah. So we'll keep it simple. <laughs> we'll just start with mine. I'm only making one move this week. I may make two only so this way I don't have to take a minus this week and then don't take it. I'm going to take a minus one of the two weeks so I can get a full, full squad and then I'm happy with. Mm. So my move this week is I'm going from Borthwick Jackson to Adam Smith. I like Bournemouth's two two matches upcoming. Actually, three out of their next five aren't bad. So from a rotational standpoint, Adam Smith and the Bournemouth defense doesn't isn't awful from a mixing mixing and matching standpoint. They mix well with like Leicester and the Spurs defender as well. So how many defenders are you gonna play this week? Uh, three. Uh, oh, I might I may play f- ah, definitely three. I'm probably gonna play three. Mm. But I'm setting myself up because oh, right, right, I, right. Yeah. I have Dan Cresswell, and then I have Adrian. In the goal, so I need to bring in a goalie and two defenders oh, so you're so, a lot at the back yeah. yeah, so I only need to bring in another defender and then a goalie, so I need to make sure that i'm I'm covered gotcha so Anna Smith to for, or CBJ. So one,
1: if you were to make a second, what would you be thinking?
2: my second one would be uh Cresswell to Van Dyke
0: mm.
1: yeah, absolutely fair uh, I'd recommend Cedric, but I was super wrong last week, so whatever <laughs>
2: um so the first move
1: I made this week was Barkley to Sigurdsson. Um, I've talked about Sigurdsson too much, both on the show and in writing, to not back it up. By owning him, I absolutely love him for the next three weeks, and really, pretty much for the run-in. It doesn't get too bad too soon. The last few weeks, Leicester, West Ham, and City are three of their last four, which you don't love. But before that, they still have Norwich, Bournemouth, Villa, Newcastle, and Stoke, whose defense has been pretty up and down, so... I uh, do love him for now. The the next one is the one that will catch much ridicule. Largely because he has been... He scores when he shoots, but he doesn't shoot often. That's one Benicophobe. I was stuck on a for too long mm-hmm. and saw his prices probably dropping tonight, so by the time you listen to it, he should have dropped. And kind of panicked because I still... I. I I'm still really nervous about my kitty only being at .6 right now. So I moved from Magalao to a Fobe who only has four shots on target in his last six games, uh, but he's scored on three of those. Yeah. But it's it's concerning, man. I love those volume shots on target guys. I've used that argument so many times for why you need to have Kane. Mm-hmm. It's because he has the most shots on target in the Premier League, and it's so it's, his his. That's why I like
2: Coutinho. That's why I like Coutinho.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the inflated goal rate isn't actually inflated because he's just taking that many shots. So I I'm gonna be honest. I am not sold on Benik It was a panicky move. He's definitely playing match week 30 and has a fairly decent matchup against Swansea. But <laughs> he is he is. Been much more impressive on the fantasy pitch than on the real one. I like him as a player. I think it was a great signing by Bournemouth. But this is probably the first move I've made this year that I've mm-hmm. been less than 75% confident in. And to take a minus four on a player I'm not sure will score this weekend is a bigger gamble than I usually take. And I think in large part it's because I've had such a poor two-week run. That I just felt I had to do something. And gallo just sitting either in my lineup or on my bench getting 2 points a week was figuratively killing me.
2: Well, the one good thing is that a phobia doesn't blank and Watford does. You know, Bournemouth true plays yeah. plays. So there's a there you know, put that in your rationale and convince yourself that that, that was the right move because of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it could open up that potential of me using a bench boost when people don't actually have full teams. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, I it's the iffiest move I've made this season, and it feels oh. kind of gambly. And this isn't like one it. of those where I'm like, I have a gut feeling about it. I don't. My gut was like, mm-mm. And the stats like were it. also like, mm-mm. I
2: actually like it. Right. I, like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I do. I like it. So inevitably he'll score two, and I'll have to feel
1: mad about getting points because I bad-mouthed him so much. Of course.
2: That's always <laughs> the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. All um, right.
1: Uh, so now we've talked about that.
2: Who is going to be your captain this week? Guerrero, hundred percent. Guero. Guero yep. versus Villa. He's the only city to, player but... you should be r- rostering. You know, if anybody's thinking about a triple triple chip here, it's it doesn't get any better for the best player to put it on for the rest of the year. This is his best matchup, the, the way out. Um, you know, you pay thirteen dot whatever he is, and he's the guy. He's you expect him to to do something against Villa. Would Would you be surprised if he scored four? Nope. No, absolutely. So. You know, if you want to roll the dice, and this is your differential, you've been what waiting for to...
1: score six? Five, six?
2: Six. Yeah, Jeez. six.
1: Oh, right, because the the Touré header, where nobody was within five yards of him.
2: Yep, six. Goodness. So, so I mean, Aguero's looking like the guy. Um, like I said, if 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 you have a triple chip and you haven't used it, you know, he didn't play against Villa the last time out, and they tied him zero zero. So. Maybe it's the difference, you know. I, I, you know, they were on the road then. They're at the at the Etihad now. I don't. I. You know, it's a, it's it's an obvious move that he's captain. The whole questioning of the whole thing is if you're going to triple him, right? Because because you have two double weeks, you have three chips, you got to triple somebody in there, you know. So, Aguero is the guy for me, captain wise. Yeah. You know, if I get if I get really really drunk on Friday, and he woke up Saturday, Saturday morning, and I'm like, oh, triple captain him. And, and it's going to happen. That's what's going to
1: happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I thought about for a second about sneakily maybe captaining Pyatt against what's been a poor Everton team. But but you have to go Aguero this week. This is the reason why you have Aguero in your team for 13-point whatever you bought, brought him in for, is for <laughs> matches like this. You have to captain him. And, uh
2: Yep. All right, well, we're actually going to be out of here a little bit early, but tell the folks where they can find you. As always, you can find me at soccer.rasball.com. I do rankings and transfer advice and, you know, just stop on by. Maybe you'll make a friend for life. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at smoky underscore Loogie, or you can find me on this podcast, or you can find me on the res- regular rasball.com where I handle bullpens and fantasy baseball advice over there as well. Uh, who is the best holds guy in fantasy right now? Right now, uh, he's a pirate. I'm yes, sure so. Tony Watson. Yeah. Well, oh, you, know, you know, I mean, if it's a straight holds league, mm, I guess you have to go. If you're going just for holds and no other categories, I'd say Watson. But if you're going for holds and well, you want rati- ratios and Ks mm. and stuff, I'd probably say Batansis. Ooh, interesting.
1: Uh, would you be concerned at all that he's the actual closer until no. Chapman comes no, back?
2: No, Miller is the closer. Yeah, you think? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But the, but the thing with Betances is his role is never going to change this whole year. He's going to go. You set up for a guy for Miller, and then when Chapman comes back, he's going to be a setup guy for Miller or Chapman. So he's always going to be in there. He's you know he's pitched 160 something innings the last two years. He's got 240 Ks the last two years. It just as, sucks that he's as a, a reliever,
1: reliever. going to eventually be the closer because that yeah. last Mariano Rivera year it was like. He was the one that was tapped to be the next one,
2: but he's he's you know what he's got a role and he you know and he's sell- dang good at it. But the thing with baseball is there's like becoming a lot more specialty now on relievers True. than ever before. It's changing in the minor leagues. It's changing in the major league level. Uh, look at the money that people are giving to just straight setup relievers like Darren O'Day. He got yeah. you know he's got eight million dollars a year. Um, Look at the money that the Yankees gave to, to Andrew Miller. He, he got uh, $10 million a year. Chapman's making you know twelve, but he's a closer. But look at – there's other situations around – I mean there's loogie guys like uh, or Oliver Perez that are getting $6 million a year because they can get left-handers out. They, they only come in for one batter a game, and they get one guy out, and he's worth $6 million a year. He pitches 40 innings a year. Why he gets are we $6 pitchers? Because I'm not left-handed. Oh, right. Dang. So work on it that. It sucks. It sucks, but <laughs> – but it's the way that it's the way the baseball world is becoming more specialized, and it's it you'll see it more in the bull in the uh, in the minor leagues now, that that teams are drafting uh, reliever only prospects now, and turn instead of start having them start in the pro in, in the minor leagues like they used to, and having always be starters, and, oh he's a failed starter, we'll throw him in the bullpen. Yeah. Now guys are completely staying to form and staying as relievers throughout their entire minor league bull life. And then this way they're trained to come up and know the high-pressure situation is on. All right, got to get three outs in the eighth inning. It's, yeah, I saw, it's a good thing for baseball.
1: I saw a really interesting thing that said uh, – I I, I'm not putting my own name on this. But it was saying that uh, while the Pirates are willing to let uh, a couple of the pitchers kind of start in double-A AA or triple-A to get going, that Tyon could potentially break camp with the team as a reliever. And first of all, we don't really need help in the bullpen. We're pretty set there, but I thought it was a, it would be a really interesting idea if while we're waiting for the other guys, we we're
2: like, yeah, yeah, sure, go out, throw a hundred. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I mean, they, they might need a. I don't know the Pirates' schedule. They might need a, uh, just in case they need a like a swing guy to pitch like three or yeah. four innings.
1: Yeah, potentially long inning guy. Yeah, long relief could be. But anyway, that's that's the uh, the weird random Pirates <laughs> rumor I've heard this week. Uh, also. I don't know if I mentioned it on this show, but um, Boris has contacted the Pirates asking how much we'd be willing to pay Pedro yeah. because no one's interested. It's so he, we have talked about need, it because we landed on
2: Cleveland. Yeah, he needs an injury. Yeah,
0: it's he so needs sad. he needs
2: a team that has an injury or somebody that has a straight platoon and they need another platoon guy because they think he might be better. What he should
1: have done is re-upped for one <laughs> year with the Pirates and then taken over for Big Poppy in Boston. Yeah.
2: But he got greedy. So. You know, it, I, I can actually see it. You know, if, if the Yankees, something happens to share the Yankees don't really have depth at True. first base because of Bird out for the year with the torn labor. But isn't
1: Rodriguez also technically just a DH now?
2: Rodriguez is a DH, but we'd probably have, we'd make Alvarez play first. Oh, God. I know it's an awful thing to think <laughs> about, but. You don't want that. Well, you don't want, you, we wouldn't do it every day because we'd mix in Chase Headley and. Yeah. You know, but. And what happened to him
1: when he went to the Yankees? He sucked. He I sucked. know. He's you know so you can mix good in for mi- the
2: he can mix in McCann once one day a week at first base, so yeah. he get his his batting lineup on his off day. By but,
1: the way, people have quietly not realized that McCann has gone back to being super valuable again.
2: McCann is, is one of the top three catchers in baseball. I'm sorry.
1: Easy. When,
2: when you take in the defensive and hitting metrics of baseball, he's one of the top three catchers. Behind Posey, and if you want to put anybody else in number two fine. I'll, I'll argue with you.
1: Yeah. Also, um, not enough people are aware that Francisco Cervelli is a great catcher.
2: He is, he's a very good catcher. Because
1: you know why? He, he, he learned from the best. That's why. <laughs> also, because people kept comparing him to Russell Martin. And he's a he tank. Such a leader in the clubhouse. But I love I love Ross Martin as well. Oh, who's the next uh, Yankees catcher that you're going to bail on that we can sign? that's going to be great.
2: Uh, well, we traded one to Minnesota. Um, not him. Not J. R. Murphy. John Ryan Murphy. Uh, so it'd be Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is going to be the next Yankee catcher. to come up. So great. So it'll be the next Pirate catcher. You heard it here first. Awesome. <laughs> <Or Austin. laughs> well, maybe maybe uh, Austin Romine. He's he's a guy without a job. He's a little older though. He's like twenty
1: eight. That's fine. Cervelli was a little older when we got him. So was Martin, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's what we'll do. All right, <laughs> I'm Kevin DeBries at Kevroff on Twitter. You can find my writings over at com and theeaglesbeak.com, where I have a weekly article based on price points for fantasy. Uh, also host of the EPL Roundtable, that you can find on Friday and Monday mornings. And also the Premier League correspondent for All in Sports Talk, which you can find on Tuesdays. All right, well, uh, that's it. Uh, fantasy advice accomplished. Listen to us next week. Peace.